1: Welcome back to Two Goalies, One Mike, episode 59. I'm Johnny Cullen, joined alongside Dwayne Stanell, as always. Dwayne, we are right in the middle of, you know, the NHL trade deadline week leading up to Monday. Um, You know, the Sabres have taken points in four out of five. Looks like a different group. Um, Way too early to say that, but uh, it's just nice to have your team winning again. Um, A lot going on in the NHL, a couple big trades to cover, but... More
0: importantly, Dwayne, you're on the IR with a back injury. How are you doing, buddy? Dude, oh, my God. I got to stop sleeping on my couch. I, I, like, you know, I I have all, like, I have, like, a nice big TV in my living room. It's got, like, all the apps attached to it. So, like, unlike my TV in my bedroom, it's it's not a smart TV, which I got to change that because then maybe I'll start sleeping in my bed. But I just slept awkwardly on my shoulder um, t- two night- two nights ago. And it's just been pain like ever since, man, like, I don't know if I pinched a nerve or pulled a muscle or something, but it's really, you know, putting a damper on my vacation right now because I wanted to golf yesterday. I shot an 89 a couple days ago, first time out, and I was pretty pumped about it. Uh You know, like- the first time out, man. Yo, yeah, I was, I was I was I was I was I was still. I mean, I had a couple of mulligans here or there, you know, where I maybe took a tee shot over, but I mean, okay, so if you factor those in, maybe I shot a 92, but still like my final score counts in 89. I had a couple birdie pot, a couple birdies and that was pretty dope. I've never had two birdies in a and and on like a front or back 9 before. So like that was cool. Um had a lot of pyres? Uh, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a good time out there and I was looking forward to getting out again, but you know, after this episode, I'm going to go out to a golf club and see how it feels, but it's not looking good right now. Um, it is looking good Is the
1: weather we are. uh, Welcome back to Buffalo where it could snow in two weeks, but um, yeah,
0: it's, it, it is, you know, it was snowing what, like not even a week ago we had snow. And now it's like 70 degrees. It's great. Yeah, we'll get um, up
1: to 80 today. I'm going to be in an ice rink all day. And the only good thing about that is, is being, you know, hot, walking into a cold ice rink, and then walking back out. That feeling will never get old to me. Hockey in the summer and spring is always nice. Um, but, you know, on, on to what's going on. It Trade deadline's coming up Monday. We're recording this on, on a Thursday morning. Uh, obviously, the Sabres play tonight. They have the Devils in town. You know, after you know, putting up a professor, per, per impressive performance. Sorry about that. Um, before we get to the trades, let's talk a little bit about that. So, obviously, this is the first show we've done since the coaching change, or the first show I've done since the coaching change. Um, I was an adamant Ralph Kruger defender. I I, I thought that uh, you know he was an intelligent guy, and that would translate. And he was a good communicator. The problem is, I feel like in the NHL. More so than other sports, or maybe this goes for all sports, but players, you know, tend to you know stick to that. I don't want to say code of silencing, but they're not gonna speak their, their truth, so to speak. It sounded like Ralph Kruger was doing all the right things, and and I wanted to believe that, Dwayne. But I'm gonna come out and apologize to the fans because I was so fucking wrong to see what Don Granado has done in such a short period of time. That is the only difference, right? Outside of Jack and Taylor being outside of the lineup, but you'd have to think that would hurt the team. But, like, I'm not going there yet. The coaching change. To see what Don Gran has done in a limited period of time has been outstanding. I've yep. been really happy to see it. Um, his comments on Darlene, um, I think Jeremy on, on WGR uh, retweeted it. Those those got, got the blood flowing a little bit. And we saw the results in the last Devils games. He looked like the guy we drafted first overall. Stepping up in the play. I know some people will call it puck luck on that one power play play. But it, it's just been really fun to see. Um, love, love what Casey Middlestad is doing. He's playing with some more confidence. Listen, his skating stride is never going to be pretty, but you no. know, is it, it's catching up. He's getting up and down the ice faster. Um, he's playing with a little bit more jam. Um, you know, Asplund, I believe he's been, you know, called up and, and roost line as well with the taxi squad. We expect to see him. What have been some of your thoughts since the coaching change?
0: I, I'll piggyback off what you said. It just feels like there's a lot more freedom to do to be more creative offensively. I feel like they're getting more chances off the rush, which was what we expected before the season started when you brought in Taylor Hall, that this team would be able to score more off the rush. And it wasn't like that under Ralph Krueger. It was actually the complete opposite. I think their game in transition has been a lot better. Um, I feel like their neutral zone play has been a lot better. And their net front presence on both sides of the ice has been a lot better. Uh, but sp- specifically, they're they're they they're them creating chances off the rush. That's what's st- kind of stuck out the most to me. Because with a team at the start of the season, you you look at on paper and it's like, Jesus man, you know who's who's going to be the who's going to be the guy that's going to be carrying the puck? Is me Taylor Hall? Is it going to be Eichel? Are we going to be putting that, you know, is Darlene going to be given more responsibility as a puck-carrying defenseman? Like, there were so many options there, you know, in in terms of, you know, driving scoring chances Mm -hmm. off the rush, and it hasn't been that under Kruger. Now we see Granato, you know. One of the things that stuck out to me the most was it was these little comments that Granato made about, like, uh, utilizing video, uh, you know, you know, video for like an off ice practice, and apparently it wasn't as prevalent under Kruger, which is concern, was concerning to me because how can you expect to fix your mistakes consistently if you're not going back and watching video? You will look at that in football; they do that all the time. They have they, they dedicate entire days to video, hours. You know, between it's the, coaches same thing and in
1: the NHL, I just can't believe Ralph Kruger wasn't doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he, he didn't say he wasn't doing it, but it wasn't as prevalent as you would think it would be. And you think about that, I'm like, well, how can you see the like the most glaring mistakes because Cole, you 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 you've played at a high level. Like you're not always going to remember the game detail for detail, you know, hours afterwards. Maybe the next day you go over video and you might see, "Oh yeah, I did this when I should have done that." How, how are you expected to fix those mistakes if you're not going over video consistently and they weren't par- apparently they weren't doing that that's concerning to me. And so now the, that you're that not mean, it's the fact that the game happens at such a high speed and at a
1: high level that your version of events isn't always what happened right yeah and so being able to go back on video, you actually see oh well, I didn't see this at the time, but that's actually what was there. And I think that's the biggest benefit of, of going back and looking at it. And, and we talk about how muscle memory plays in. I think that video plays such a role. Let me piggyback off that, Twain. I'm trying to come up with, with what exactly was going on under Ralph Kruger. And my best guess is, and I want your thoughts on this, and fans too, that coming over from, from soccer, they play in a very structured thing. It's a bigger field, right? They got more people on the on the pitch or the ice. I feel like he had the Sabres playing under such a tight structure, meaning that you have to do this, this, or this in this situation. But in the game of hockey, it's not comparable to soccer in the fact that it's closer, you're more on top of each other, there's more and flow, it's not as structured, right? It's not like football where there's preset plays. It's not like soccer where you have a little bit more time and space around that ball bubble. Um, And I just feel like you look back at the Sabres under Kruger and, and you saw players, they use the expression, gripping the stick too tight. But, like, when you try to play under a system too much and you don't play freely, that really hinders skill, right? Yeah. And and I think that that's, hits the nail on the head with the biggest difference in what I see. And you see a little bit more skill coming out in these, these high-end players that perhaps we didn't see. And my only answer I could come up with, Dwayne, is that they were – playing under too harsh of a system under Ralph Kruger where it's no creativity in this situation, you have to do this, this, or this where guys like, let's just be honest, hockey isn't played that way. Maybe, maybe for goaltenders, we can, we can think more like that, but for players, right? Like every play is different. Every lane is different. Every situation is different. What are your thoughts on that?
0: It, I mean, again, um, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think the coming over from soccer to the NHL, it, it, it is it, – I mean, obviously, it's a different game. But I think one of the things that definitely plays a big part of it is you weren't involved in the game for over a decade. It's a different game back then than it is now. Maybe not too – not not extremely, but it is. And I, I don't want to say the game passed Ralph Krueger by. I think that's a cop-out. I think that's an easy thing to say. But I think that the players <sighs> – I mean, help me out here, Kelly. I think the players more or less today are more willing to accept a coach who are, who is going to maybe not hold them accountable.
1: I don't think that's the right way of saying it. I think it comes back to accountability is something that happens throughout an organization. It can't. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: But what I'm I'm saying is, you know, player, you know, back, back, back in the day, like players would hold each other accountable. Now, it just wasn't seeming like that in this locker room. And the coach himself didn't seem like he was holding certain players accountable, unless your name was Jeff Skinner, apparently. Um, and, you know, you see guys like Kyle Ocposo, who, you know, the game has clearly passed him by. I don't care what he's done recently. It's just, it's a fact, not say a fact, it's just a matter of opinion to me, but, you know, getting more ice time than guys like Dylan Cousins and guys like, you know, even Casey middlestat and, 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 and Jeff Skinner, you know, I get it that those are good locker room guys. I get it those are good, you know, leadership group guys. But in today's game, he, Kyle Ocposo isn't moving the needle for you, is he? No. But
1: for me, it's – it's. I think you look at a guy like – going back to my theory, I think Kyle Ocposo, because, you know, he's a little bit older, a little bit slower, less skill, he was so much more willing to play under Ralph Kruger's – structure right and willing to do what he's asked because he's not a high-end skill player and that's why I think it makes sense to me where a guy like that under Ralph Kruger was getting so much ice time and playing a lot and obviously you know guys like Jeff Skinner were, were playing lesser the other examples you used and that's where I think that like he went so wrong and you can't judge as a coach you're always going to judge like every coach needs a certain amount of structure but in, in today's NHL like, you see teams that get up and down the ice quick and, and 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 utilize their defensemen and have that skill shine through, but those guys aren't Kyle Ocposo. They're the Austin Matthews, the Jack Eichels, the Rasmus, the Leans of the world. And the reason I say that is, for me, it's just so obvious that Kruger loved the way that certain guys like Eakin or um, Ocposo would play within his system, and my opinion is that, yes, those guys would probably do what Ralph Kruger was asking, because they have less skill and, and, and less variance to their game like other guys. Like, Darlene, it's tough to script a player like that. You can't – got to unleash him. And I think we've used that term before. Yeah. We've heard that in the media. And I think that's where it comes back to for me. I think Ralph Cooker had too much structure. Every coach has to find that fair balance between accountability, keeping his players accountable, and,
0: and, and you know, providing them with structure. I, you know just real quick through, um, way too much to the strong. we we talked talk about those those comments from, about Granado on Dolly and here they are right now he has untapped potential he's an exciting he's an exciting player to have within our group he engages so well he wants more he seeks me out and sees everything as an opportunity when he has a ceiling as high as he does that's pretty exciting he's a fast learner and he and we want his confidence to grow that's really the biggest focus with him going forward we want to we want to make certain players like Darlene, Middlestat, and Thompson are playing. Make sure they're playing confident. Mistakes happen, but that shouldn't make you lose confidence. And it, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Because one of the things I said coming into the season, and even you'll 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 attest to this, Cully, is you can't teach the self willingness to get better. The stuff that you do away from your team without instruction, the stuff that you do on your own because you want to be better. And Darlene went on on his own and put on, what, almost 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason at 19 years old? How how often do you see players go out and do that? You just don't. Even at the professional level, you don't. Look how many years it's been with Casey Middlestad, you know, a few more than Darlene. But, like, he hasn't made that move. Like, Darlene, that, that takes an incredible, especially at that age, an incredible amount of discipline, you know, at that age to – commit yourself that much to the gym and that much to a diet to put on that kind of size at that young of an age. And that's what I think Renato's talking about when he, when Darlene seeks him out and wants, you know, wants to get better. You can't teach that kind of stuff. You just can't. Well, let's be Either, honest.
1: He's the first overall pick and, and called a generational defenseman for a reason. Yeah. And, and you're right. You can't teach that. And you, these players only come around so often and it wasn't talked about enough, but like the fact that, He's playing the way he is now, should be. And I don't want to dwell too much on the past because it is what it is. But like, thank goodness. And I think that it's it's start time to talk about. And I know this is early too. If you, you always want to bring in the best, best coach possible, but Don Granado seems like he's a part of the solution right now. Going back to what you said and 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 you see the the, the play and players like Rasmus Daline, how he's seeking him out. And, and you got to just feel like Darlene feels like the shackles have been taking off, the cuffs have been taken off, and he can now play his game. And I'm excited to see what happens, Dwayne, I really am, uh, along so with other players. Let me ask you this. Um, Rooster Leinen called up. He's had, you know, obviously a, quite a good start to his season in Europe, played well with Rochester. Uh, I thought we were going to see him in the Jersey game where we only dressed 10 forwards. We didn't. Uh, I don't know if that has something. I think it has something to do with, if they were gonna they have to wait for Hall to leave because if they were to add Rooster Line in now from the taxi squad, Matt Irwin would have to clear waivers and this close to trade deadline, I don't think you wanna the risk that. So um I don't know if that's a condition of it. I hopefully we see him before Monday, but if it has to wait until Tuesday's game against the Bruins, so be it. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see some of those young guys. Um, what have you thought about Tage Thompson's game? You know, obviously the big storyline against the the Devils was him playing against his brother Tice, and you had a couple funny tweets. That picture and that filter they used did nobody any favors. Holy shit!
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, it looked like a couple a,
1: vampires, bro.
0: Just a just a funny just a funny you know exchange right now with Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News. Uh, well, he had started off with Granado said Sabres staying with same lineup tonight. Olmark and goal that means eleven forward and seven defensemen and no Rustalainen. Said said it's a complicated week. Translation clearly cap issues until they make a trade or two and dump some money. Uh Jim Campbell at JFC Soup, Mike they could easily place Sakposo like on waivers and move him to the taxi squad for a few games to fit under to fit R two. You know that's the you know uh, you know Rustalainen under uh the cap. Uh, but I guess that would uh rustle Kyle's feathers too much to Mike's response. Um okposo has seven points in his last eight games. If you didn't waive him the first two months you're not doing it now. You gotta kinda you you kinda gotta pay attention to the games just a little here, Jim. I'm sorry. I don't care if Kyle Ocposo has 10 points in five or six games. I in do. a lost season your focus should be on the future not the past. Kylock Poso is not the solution to this problem. He hasn't been since the day he came here, and he's not going to be this year, next year, or the following year in the last year of his contract. I'm sorry. That is such a terrible take by Mike Harrington. Like, I I can guarantee you if Granado could find a way to get Kylock Poso off his team and get him off his books, he would. 100%. To look at more speed from guys like Rustalainen who have a higher ceiling, Absolutely. Even Jack Quinn will probably get a game or two. Wayne, gotta, <laughs> tell because he has
1: points in a... You already said it's a lost season. So what's the difference if it happens in four four days versus I, I get that. Oh, I totally get that. I but think like, that's just... what I take. I listen, I don't I am not a Mike Mike Harrington defender by any means. That's what I took out of it. Is you need some stability in the lineup. And listen, you talk about uh, locker room guys and shit like that. I get it. For whatever reason, Akposo is valued. I don't I don't get it either. But I do know that it's in a lost season, what's it going to matter? Three days versus two. I think that would just cause more problems than it would do good. Um, but I can see the other side of it. I can see your side of it. In a lost season, who gives a fuck? If Ocposo really isn't part of the future and he's not going to be here next year, then kick, kick, them, kick them to the curb. Yeah, it just, it again, just scares me how much lost money's on the books as far as coaches go. You don't want to be paying players la, a la Matt Molson to not play for your team, especially in today's COVID cap world where it's so hard and you're seeing it ripple through the trade world. Um, And getting to that, Dwayne, you want to break the big uh, trade from last night? Uh, you have the Islanders and the Devils. Uh, what a big trade. trade. I was watching the Leafs in Montreal game uh, a couple of clicks for my boy Jack Campbell. He set an NHL record last night: 10 straight win, 10 and 0 to start a season. Really happy to see him have some success. Um, I got interviewed for an article in the Toronto Sun. There was another great article on him in the in the Athletic. Jack, somebody I spent a year and a half with, and you know shared a crease with, and he's a great guy. He's doing really well. Tough for me to say that as he plays for the Leafs, but listen, I, I was rooting for him last night, and hey, I, I, I mean, up your feathers, but
0: I mean, you, I read that article. It seems like. He's a great guy. And you know, he's definitely paid his dues in this league and he did it the right way. So to see him get this opportunity and him to be the successful, I mean, it doesn't matter what jersey he's wearing. It's a nice state. And as the goalies, you know, we can appreciate that because we know the struggle and how hard it is.
1: But one thing I don't appreciate is number 36. Oh,
0: yeah, that's a terrible number. It's a,
1: you, that's a
0: number. But yeah, the 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 trade, the trade coming to the islanders, you have uh, Kyle Parameri and Travis Zajak. Going back the other way, you have a 2021 first round pick, a conditional pick in 2022, forward AJ Greer and Mason Jobst, uh, two minor league guys. So, um, with that being said, it, I think that helps the case for the Buffalo. I mean, you talked about it off air in terms of getting a better return for uh, Taylor Hall because again, it takes two big, na- it takes a couple big names off the trade board, um, so maybe Taylor Hall's a little bit more valued. And it uh, takes one potential shooter off the, the board. Exactly. And, and you know what? That's a, that, that's, that's a favorable return. If you're Kevin Adams, because you, obviously in my, in my opinion, you look at those guys and you see, I, I personally, I think this is an anomaly year for Taylor Hall. I think that they're like outside of the fact that the guy who he has created so many chances on his own, you know, he just can't put the puck in the net. Um, I don't know how many posts he's hit this season. It's insanity if you really think about it, but I think this is an anomaly for him. I think put back in the, on the right team with the right coach, <coughs> excuse me. I think he'll find his game again. And maybe that, you know, maybe that is a team like Boston or, you know, you know, fill in the blank, whoever it might be, maybe Toronto, who knows, who knows where they dream. I, I don't think Toronto can afford him uh, unless they dump a lot of, a lot of players to bring him in. But, you know, it, it. it I think that does Buffalo a, a huge favor seeing that return that the, uh, that the Devils got.
1: The only I, thing that scares me is the fact that
0: um, you look
1: at it, obviously the two minor leaguers might never play in the NHL. It's, it's really the picks which the fourth becomes a third. I think if, if they reach around yep. the my, the scary thing for me is, is the money, right? I think no matter what, I think we realize that the Sabres are going to have to retain at least 25, probably 50% of, all 50% of his contract. contract yeah. Oh be it. Whatever. If that's if you have to pay four million dollars for a first round pick, so be it. The thing that scares me is is Paul Mary was making less than five million dollars and having so much so much of a better season than Hall. You talk about Hall being an anomaly, but the the, the word around Hall's game even before this year, you know, was that maybe that MVP season was the anomaly. Uh, he's been trending downwards. Obviously, this year doesn't help with the situation he's been put in. But um, you got to hope that other NHL GMs are thinking more along your lines of thought um, and. And yeah, it's uh, listen, I would love nothing more than Toronto to overpay us for Hall and, and them to lose in the first, second round. Yeah, that, would, right. that, would, that would really get the blood flowing. But and Jackie Campbell still playing well. Yeah, I mean, you got to just hope that Freddie Anderson takes the last loss. Um, in that scenario for me, <laughs> um, just like you know, every good goalie hopes his back, is you know, his partner, you know, lets in six with the team, this team scores seven. Um, the old goalie, uh, hyperbole what yeah, um, right. what i was getting to though is the, the money yeah. scares me especially in this tight of a, a cap COVID world um but i i don't know um i forget who said it last night maybe it was um dragger on in the intermission of of the leafs um canadians game which was a hell of a game jake allen a couple clicks for him he played really well but it the fact that Palmieri is making so much less money, the fact that Zajac was also included, who's no slouch um, and, you know, obviously he's a UFA too. But the fact that it was just that for, for so much less money, I don't know. The Bruins have been mentioned. I thought they were, you know, they were high on Palmieri. Uh, yeah. I know they're in the market for a defenseman too. Uh, I think that we have a couple of those to move as well. Here's what gets me. And I, I've heard it mentioned, Josh Manson is on the Ducks He's, a, he's, you know, a top pair, right-handed defenseman, very valuable. But they talk a lot about, um, I, I forget who the GM of the Ducks is at the moment. Forgive me. But, you know, them not wanting to part with pieces that are going to help them. And and I agree. And you, and you hear it mentioned all the time with, with guys like, um, you know, Almark or, or Reinhardt, like, who I think are part of the solution here. Anytime you trade a, 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 a player, an established player, who plays the game the right way and plays hard, which I think Reinhardt does. You can argue all all you want what position he is, but he plays hard in a lot of tough situations. What scares me is anytime you trade players for picks, there's no guarantee. And when you look at the Sabres draft history, uh, there was that article on The Athletic that, that, you know, obviously that the 2020 looking back, what could have been, that's not fair. But the Sabres gutting their drafting department and their recent history of, of drafting scares me don't give up players that are going to be a part of the solution. And that's where I think I come back to Hall. Is he going to be part of the solution here? No. Is Eichel? I'd like to think so. Is Reinhardt? Yes. Is Allmark? He's changed my mind in recent recent weeks. The more I look at his
0: game, he's getting better and better. Um, Here's the thing, though. You're going to have to pay him after this season. What are you paying Linus Allmark? I'd pay him five and a half, six. I don't know if I go that higher. I I I change my tune. I I, I wouldn't the, uh, listen. I love Lena Solmark. You of all people know that. I just have I have a problem paying that much money to a goalie just to begin with, but I also have problems paying a goalie who's been injured two out of the last three seasons for an extended amount of time.
1: Well, the league average for for goalies is is like eight and a half for both goalies, right? So if you get him in at five and a half, and you pay your back, that, that leaves three million for a really good backup goalie. And if you want to make the argument that Linus hasn't proven that he's like a one A like yet, or like a full a full time starter, then then fine. Five and a half as a one A that leaves you three for your other goalie. Listen, I know I'm going off of averages here, and 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 not every team might want to spend eight and a half million dollars on goalies, but fuck, Robin Leonard makes five and a half. Are you saying yeah, but uh, mark andre Fleury is also starting over right now is he not yeah I don't know leonard has been out with injuries and stuff yeah, yeah great year but even he, he signed that contract last year you know I think I that, think
0: I think with the raise and pay you would give all mark I think if you offered him probably around four and a half to five for three years I think I'm very fi- okay with that contract because it really gives you more time to see what you have with upl ukapeka Lukanen and it really gives your, your my opinion who your real stud is Eric Bortillo in Michigan it gives him more time to develop his game and get the Rochester.
1: I, uh, they're just still so far away and there's always the yeah. question with UPL's hips and 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 will he be the, will he turn out i just think it goes back to this age, age old, old age old adage of listen you're you're trading proven players for commodities that aren't proven in draft picks. Like yeah. it's just scary, I, especially I, when you look at our our drafting.
0: I'm actually don't have any I, scouts right now. I know not every league. And, yeah, our 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 our, t- our scouting staff is slim as it is. Probably some of the Probably probably the smallest in the entire league.
1: It's 100 the smallest in the entire yeah, league.
0: Yeah, and you know, again, you look at our draft history, and it's it's been very 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 bad. Uh, especially in the first three rounds. Um, if you're not talking about Eichel, Darlene, or Reinhardt and Cousins, um, we don't know what we have in Jack Quinn yet. Um, you know, it's it's been very bad. It's It's been terrible. I personally would be willing to take a less sexier pick for, for Taylor Hall if it meant you're getting back a prospect that's ready to contribute next season.
1: Dude, if if you're getting back a prospect that – that is, 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 is going to play NHL games, I think that, yes, 100% that, that you could probably take a late first or a second even. Um, I think if you're getting a, a high-end prospect that was a first-round pick himself, like, for, that's farther along in his development, I think that's even more, like, proven. Like, uh, look at like a guy, like, I know he's the wrong position, but look at like Zegras, like, a guy like that that's very le- early on in his career but shows promise. Somebody yeah. that was drafted in the, in the top half of the first round or, or like, in the first round but that's shown that he's going to play in the NHL. Does, so, does, no, does Taylor Hall alone
0: get you that? No, it doesn't. Probably but not. I think but I, uh, I I look at a guy like – I know he's not having a sexy season this year in Boston, but yeah, I look at a guy like Jack stanica I think Jack – I know
1: I the Stanicas. I played with his older brother, Sam. Uh, yep. And, and, and yep. Jack is – listen, I don't think they're willing to part with Jack, but I would take Jack in a heartbeat. Jack, Absolutely. And at his very least, he's going to be a third-line center for a long time and a very good third-line center. How do you
0: how do you feel about Sam being moved to center, and how do you think he's performed? You mean Jack? Sam's, Sam's my no, – no, 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 Sam no. Reinhardt. Oh, Sam. No, come on, Sam Reinhardt. Sam Reinhardt's moved to
1: center. Yeah, he's been playing well, man. Listen, like, you're going off the past five games. The Sabres have shown promise, and I think that's a scary thing because – and I think Ken Lamb realizes this. It's a scary thing for fans because – but nobody's getting their hopes up after what we've been through. Sorry. Uh, Maybe it's not that scary. Um, I think it's promising, but I think it goes back to my point that you look at guy like Montour had, um, you know, some good plays. Miller is playing better. you got to, you got to know internally who is going to be a part of your core going forward. And, and, and and some guys, you know, nobody's untouchable because, you know, you listen to offers on everybody, but you have a certain amount of guys that you don't, you're not going to part with unless it really, really makes sense. And, and you've seen it in the past with some teams give up on players for picks, and and it did just be tough. Are we in a rebuild? Yes. Um, it just how far along are we in that rebuild is going to come down to you know who gets moved. I think if I, I think they're trade he, guys like Reinhardt. Uh, if if they're listening to offers on Eichel, if they're going to give up Montour and Miller and all these guys,
0: I think Montour's gone. Montour's gone, right? I mean, I think he's he's helped. He's, he, he's a UFA. I think he's gone, and I think you get a lot more for him now with the with the way he's played since Granato has taken over. Oh, well, actually, he's got a
1: the he makes a great play. I think it was on the the third or fourth goal, um, making a great you know he scored it. He fucking jumped in the in the backside yep. on the right side and scored. He's got like
0: he's got like three here's goals in the last
1: two weeks. Dwayne, here's what scares me about Montour. Right after that goal, okay, it was less than a minute left in the period. He stays out there. Um, you know, Puck transitions in the neutral zone. He then forces a, a a play through the middle, up the neutral zone with no help. It ends up getting picked off because it was a weak pass going across his body. And he takes a penalty, Um, trying to defend the breakaway that he just gave up. They yep. score on that, and, and it almost changed the game. I just think that that's a lot of
0: high and low in his game. I've never been a huge oh, fan of Oh, I don't before. disagree with you. I, I don't disagree with you. I just think he has been. Noticeably played a lot better under Don Granado. and I think in terms of getting value back in a trade, it helps quite a bit. Hundred percent. I
1: for uh, him, you're probably not getting more than to, than a day two or three pick, man.
0: No. To the fan, to the fans who say that the Sabers are like years away from being a good hockey team, I, I I disagree because I think that if you can get if okay. I don't think Sam Reinhart should play another game on wing the rest of the season. I think you should see what you have at him at center because now you finally have a coach who's willing to force that issue with Sam at center. Because before now, you haven't had a single coach who was willing to even try it for more than one single game. He's been he's been attached to Jack's hip his entire career. So with that, with that being said, you know why not force the issue now? Keep it going and see if you can get. I would. I'm more willing to pay Sam Reinhart anywhere between six and seven and a half million a year. If he's getting me the same point production at center in a second line role than I am at a first line wing roll.
1: You, see, you, know, you know, know what I mean? That. Like
0: that you I value I that. that I value those points as your second line center so much more, even if it's the same point output as he's getting playing on Jack's wing. If you're getting that from your second line center, I value that more at that price tag. That I do as him playing on Jack's wing because if you're playing on Jack Eichel's wing and you want that kind of money, I'm sorry, you should be scoring 30 to 40 goals every season. Yeah, it's I think, the way we, have, it's- I
1: think we have options at wing too, and we don't have options down the middle as much. Hey, would and you agree? You, listen, everybody knows that you value centers more. Oh, absolutely. I I, I I completely agree with that opinion, Would and you I think that it's been it's been way too way too long. And and that's why I think that I hate to come back to this on a different topic. It's time to start talking about taking the in maybe taking the interim tag off of Don Granado. If he's been the first coach out of fucking six willing to take Sam away or take put Sam at center and see what he's got, he's at least showing us that he's willing to invest in and in, in seeing what works and, and not, you know, being every coach has preconceived notions and that's what makes them them. That's what makes them a coach. That's what got him there. But you have to be willing to see what you have. And Don Granado seems to me like he has a great approach. And listen, excuse me. How can you not be? I think I almost just threw up. That's terrible. Oh my god, that's going to be real. How can you not look at the past five games and not think that that you like what he's doing with our young guys? We've had so many guys that we've written off from Middle Stat to Thompson to some of these other guys that we have guys like R two and Asplund. We have guys in the pipeline. Um, we do is playing well? I, like I, I think. You're, I, I just think it's 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 gonna be who who is part of your core going forward? I think Sam has to be. If they move Sam if, for less if, than Monaghan or something like a, a ready-made player, I'm gonna be upset.
0: Yeah, I, I anything, anything you trade Sam Reinhardt for, you need you need guys that are ready to play now. Um you, you can't take players that are you know are draft picks again, like we mentioned earlier, this team's draft history. I think I think there's an opportunity to speed up the process in terms of getting being successful just because you're about to go into a free agency period much like the last one where eight to ten million dollars can get you a lot. It can fix a lot on your hockey team. Look at Florida for instance. Great example. Verhaggy look how well he's playing. he's making a million bucks this season and next season. You know, Anthony Duclair, yeah, he's not putting up a ton of goals, but he's not playing bad. He's making he's 1.7. playing
1: great, man. They've yeah. Got, like, was- you can argue that for whatever they're paying their guys, they brought in the right people. And, and I think it goes back to your point. For the people that argue that the Sabres are years and years and years away from being good, I think we're closer than you realize, but it's going to come down to to making the right moves and keeping the right core, but also adding the right pieces. Obviously, this year, the pieces we added in Stalin Hall and the others didn't work, okay? No. Um, I'm willing to give Kevin Adams the benefit of the doubt that, you know, it, it, in, a, in a COVID season where you didn't have a training camp and, and that time together, like whatever, it's, it's, it's an asterisk season um, for me. It is. But yeah. I, I think yeah. that you make a great point uh, on Sam and, and I'd be willing to pay him that money, money, much more if he's, if he's a center. Cause then you look at Eichel, cousins, Reinhardt you your centers, like, and, and the formidable in the foreseeable future, like that's formidable. And that, that, that excites me. And with, with guys that you can plug in on the wing, like Skinner, Artu, to um, Olafson, right? Like all these guys that we have, Thompson, that excites me. So, um, it's, 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 I think you bring up a great point. I think Reinhardt should get an extended look at center. I, I think that we, we got to start taking Don, Don Granado at, at, um, it's somebody that could be a part of the solution here. And it'd be sad to see them. I think that you finished the season with him at the very least. I think he's earned that at this point.
0: He's earned, he's earned the opportunity to prove that he can be a coach at the NHL level. Um, yeah. He's, there's nothing he's shown me yet. That proves that he can't be that guy. Um, I still think as, as a franchise, you still need to do your due diligence in a coach search. I'm not saying that that should discount Don Granado. But I think that you've made too many mistakes in this position in the past to not do your due diligence. Don't
1: overthink it. That's yeah, That's my motto right now. Don't overthink it. Is it working?
0: Yes. Is he good with your young guys?
1: Yes. Is he getting more out of your franchise players? Yes. Don't overthink it, fucking Tim and Kerry. Yeah. yeah. I said Terry, Terry and Kim. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I've done it before. So we, had, we have a breaking trade, speaking of Florida. Um, so I'll let you break it. But, um, you know, as we were starting the show um, – I believe it was um, Pierre LeBrun that broke it. Um, it involves Florida and the Blackhawks. Not a blockbuster, but what's still a trade that you know can kind of help explain what's going on with the
0: cap. Uh, do you have it pulled up yet? Yeah, I have it right here. The full trade: we have Brett Conley, Riley Riley Stillman, and Henrik Borgstrom plus a seventh-round pick in exchange for Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmart. Conley has a two two more years at a 3.5 million dollar average. Florida frees up cap space as part of this and Hawk using their caps the Hawks using their cap space to net two young players. Uh good trade for both sides, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's not a real needle mover, but you gotta like what Florida's done. Um, and and they've been playing really well, and they've been getting some excellent goaltending, especially out of Dreiger, Dredger, I don't know how to say his
0: fucking name, but he's been playing excellent he have so many goalies, so many like you. People forget, yeah. You talk about Spencer Spencer Knight, they have Dylan Wolf in their system, too. He's not even like part of the equation yet. Uh, Canada's uh, Canada's goalie, no, I think it was US's goalie. No, no, Spencer Knight was Team USA's goalie. Wolf was Wolf was US's
1: backup. You're thinking of the other, Canada's goalie. I I forget his name too, but he played well. He's at Northeastern. Um, but he's, I, I believe he's, uh, maybe was a pick, he's a Florida pick too. Uh, but Wolf was USA's backup. Um, yes. but anyways, um, yeah, it's Florida's been, I just think you look at Florida who's, who's, who's struggled in, in recent years, they bring in a new coach, new GM in the past couple of years. Um, you know, and they call it the Black Hawk South. Um, but. They're a team that can provide a blueprint for the Sabres that if you build around your core and Barkov, listen, Barkov is the most underrated player in the league. I've been watching more of Agreed. him. He's just a stud. The, the, the plays he makes are unbelievable. He is, I think he, he should be up there in the top five players in the league conversation. I'm not even kidding. Um, and the more I watch him, I think if he was anywhere else besides Florida, you everybody would know that. But they've stuck with guys like Huberdo. Look at here's where I'm gonna compare it to they've 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 committed to Barkoff and Huberdo at building around them as your as your Eichel and Reinhardt, right? Correct. And then they have an Eckblad and Dallen, right? But they're more, they're more they're farther along than, than we are as far as age uh, by a couple of years. But those three right there, you have your Eckblad, Hubert and Barkov. We have our Reinhardt Eichel and Dallen. It take it took them five, six years to bring in the right pieces around them to make it work. And like you said, on a guy making one million dollars, or Hagee, to find that right fit, right? And I feel yeah. like that's what should be, you know, stable fans should look at as hey, all it's gonna take is 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 a few shrewd moves that, that brings in the right pieces around your core. You don't have to blow it up.
0: You yeah. don't have to move guys like Reinhardt. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, if you get Sam Reinhardt to work at second line center and you have Dylan Cousins, your third line center, that is some extremely good depth up the middle. Something the Sabres haven't had in a very, very long time back since the days of Breer injury. That's the last time this team actually had legitimate, legitimized depth between all four lines. Yeah. Like, that's the first time. I I'm fine with guys like Curtis Lazar or Riley Sheen as your fourth line center. All right? If those are your top 3 centers, it I think it's I think you'd agree to it's it's better it's easier to get with a, with a, with a great center, it's easier to get point production out of average wingers than it is to get point production from me uh for, from from great wingers with mediocre centermen.
1: Yeah, and I think you up know, I mean, the door to, to to get Skinner back on a top line um,
0: too. So yeah, I, uh, and and he I needs to play and with and Eichel he, next year. I think I think that's another reason why you don't move Jack Eichel is because you're 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 so locked in with Jeff Skinner. Like you need to get you need to get what you can out of him at nine million dollars a year. I and mean, do you want do you want an even worse situation that you had with Kyle Ocposo for the past few years? for an extended amount of time with Jeff Skinner because you're going to trade possibly the one thing away that's going to get the most out of him.
1: No, I'm with you. So, um uh we're coming up on 40 minutes on the show. Um we have a great guest coming Monday, an Olaf Kolzig.
0: Olaf um, Kolzig, o- the goalie the goalie, returning guest. I can't wait to have him on with us. Uh, we also have another guest lined up. I'm not going to announce that one yet because we're trying to work on the, on the details with that. But a big day on Monday, Cully, tra- trade deadline day. Um, two goalies, one Mike is going to be very active all day. Uh, starting today, use the hashtag uh, 2G1MTradeTalk. Uh, we're going to do a giveaway of a pair of Bill Zuba's uh, sunglasses Uh, which will be given away on Monday for anybody who uses that hashtag for any trade rumors or breaking trades. doesn't matter if it's Sabres or not. Um, That's 2G1M trade talk hashtag. So that's exciting. And, you know, I can't wait to see what the next five days brings because I think that, you know, hopefully as Sabres fans will all be surprised.
1: And let's, let's face it by, by Monday, by Monday's show, we'll be able to talk about have the Savers been able to get points in eight out of their last nine, or or will it be that was an anomaly? Listen, you have the Devils tonight, and I think it's safe to say that what we expect is, is we know that we can have success against them. But then you have the Capitals and Flyers, a team in the Capitals that is obviously a playoff team and a team in the Flyers that is struggling. I think if if you can go out here with with this group that you have, the 11-7 and, and and all Mark playing the way he is you can find a way to take four out of these six points that is that is a huge statement for your group that just saying that hey we believe in ourselves we have some jam we have some confidence we know we can play so we'll have lots to get to by Monday um obviously the results and and the performance of our young guys and and, you know how Don Granato is doing over the next three days not to mention it's always that first trade that seems to get the balls rolling and that happened last night um once again, as much as it pains me as a as a Sabres fan, shout out to Jack Campbell for setting an NHL record last night. Um, great guy, great great teammate, good friend, friend of the program. Um and good just a good guy. I we I'd love to have him on sometime. I know he'd do it.
0: Uh we just got to catch him in the summer. Um but have you talked um, have you talked to him at all since you did that interview? Were you able to get, get a chance to speak to him?
1: Not not in the covid world. No, I didn't
0: even try. No, to no, no. It out.
1: Um but he doesn't have the same phone number. I still have him on a few social
0: media apps. I just, no, I'm not going to reach out to him during the season. I, oh, that's why not the guys, the guys locked in right now. And, uh, you definitely don't want to, uh, cost one, of my,
1: one of my former teammates that I talked to is Tom Kunakul. He won a cup in Pittsburgh Right Now he's with, um, the Islanders. He's not in the lineup. I think he's with Bridgeport. Um, I went a, a little back and forth with him the other day, which was nice. Um, just, just seeing how he's doing. He's a great teammate, uh, German kid. Um, also asked him about Paterka and he had nothing but good things to say at playing with him another the-
0: another player was excited to see play possibly the next couple of years. But he he's gonna be a guy that, that'll
1: play NHL games and, and coming from Tom that, that knows you know he knows he, he was he's a German player that was picked in that same that same area second round and, and he, he won a Stanley Cup uh, as a mm-hmm. deaf guy. So uh no great That's show. I mean it's gonna be fun to see like he said Big show Monday with Olaf Kolzig. Yep. Don't forget to use the hashtag 2G1M trade talk uh, to get yourself a fresh pair of sunglasses. And how can you not need them? with this beautiful weather we're having.
0: Yep. And and do not forget everybody, support for Two Goalies on Mike is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Built-in flashlight, the uh, the protective guard, so you avoid any uh, nicks or cuts, um, and it's waterproof too. So if you're on you're you're, you're trying to uh, you're on the go, hot date, you know, got got a shave, and uh, you do it in the shower. And again, I never knew I needed a flashlight for my razor until I had a flashlight on my razor. It definitely helps the experience. So. If you use the code word TRAINWRECK, all capital letters, T-R-A-I-N-W-R-E-C-K, you get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. That's TRAINWRECK, all capital letters, 20% off, free shipping. Manscaped.com. Cully, it has been a lot of fun tonight, man. Yeah, and... uh it's going to be a lot of fun the next couple of days, so you know, like, like,
1: Dwayne said, tweet us, um, tweet at us, and uh, any questions for anything you want to cover on any any ideas you have us for, for Monday's show, we'd love to hear it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun four days here. Um, really looking forward to talking to Olaf and, and just breaking down what happens around the league. But uh, hey, get that shoulder fixed with that. Can you show everybody really quick the oh old, my God, uh, you got, the old, the old, uh, gut? Thing a right Look at this thing everybody Dwayne was working himself with this to start the show when we came on and I lost it
0: and I oh, dude it. it feels so good
1: oh god
0: so hopefully Dwayne gets
1: on the golf course he's too much of a big loser got it shot an 89
0: my first time out a few days ago was feeling really good had uh, a couple back-to-back pars a few birdies you know shooting an 89 your first time out in eight months that's you know, I, I was hoping just to break 100, not break 90. So I can't take you
1: seriously with that goddamn oh, it feels so good. vibrator on your back, but I love it. Hey, get healthy, and uh, maybe we'll swing the sticks this weekend. Um, but I'd everybody, love enjoy the weather. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed National Beer Day yesterday. Um, get out and enjoy the weather, um, and, you know, have a great weekend. Hopefully, we come back on Monday talking about a, a better Sabres group.
0: Um, for Dwayne Style, I'm Johnny Cullen Dwayne any last words uh, just tune in uh, this coming Monday and uh, can't wait to talk to you all uh, and just hopefully see a, uh, a better Sabres team fucking rights everybody enjoy your weekend peace